Galatians chapter 1 and verse 1. Let's, let's read this so we'll realize the book we're reading out of where we get the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 1 says, Paul, an apostle not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead and all the brethren which are with me unto the what? Churches of Galatia. Who was this letter written to? To the churches of Galatia. Now see, the fruit of the Spirit is not what we do to become a Christian. The fruit of the Spirit is what we do because we're a Christian. Let me, let me say that again. The fruit of the Spirit is not what we do to become a Christian. How do we become a Christian? Believe on Jesus Christ. It's His shed blood and His finished work on Calvary that pays the full price for our salvation. Amen? It is a gift, not of works, lest any man should boast. Amen? It's a, everybody say salvation is a grace gift given by God the Father through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Now see, salvation is a gift. It's not of works. See, the fruit of the Spirit, we don't do the fruit of the Spirit so that we can be saved because we couldn't do enough right to get saved. If we could, Jesus would have not had to come. There's none righteous, no, not one. Amen? All we, like sheep, have gone astray, each one after his own way. But God, who's rich in mercy, amen, he loved us. The fruit of the Spirit is not what we do to become a Christian. The fruit of the Spirit is what we demonstrate because we are a Christian. Amen. Everybody say, the fruit grows in me because Christ is in me, coming out of me. This is so good. The book of Galatians is a letter, an epistle, written to the church of Galatia to instruct them as to who they are and how they have been called to live because they have received so great a salvation. Amen? Everybody say the fruit of the Spirit is a byproduct of the Spirit of God living in me. Amen? See, because apart from Him, we can do nothing. Jesus said, if you abide in me, and my word abides in you. Amen? Because the branch or the vine cannot bear fruit unless it remain connected. Praise the Lord. In the first chapter of Galatians, Paul warns the church of people coming and preaching another gospel. Let's look at that. How many knows that there can be another gospel outside of the gospel that Jesus gave us to preach? Let's look at this. Galatians, same book, same chapter. Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. He says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. And we, as we said before, so we say now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than ye have received, let him be accursed. How many knows that there, that there, can, there can be a wrong gospel and the only way we can know whether it's the right gospel or the wrong gospel is if we study to show ourselves approved unto God. A workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We need to know what God's word says. We're going to be held accountable for it. Life is an open book test. Open the book and you'll pass the test. Amen? Galatians chapter 3 and verse 1. 
Because if there is another gospel, and if, the, and if this was written to the church, in other words, he's warning us. And let's look here in Galatians chapter 3, just a, two chapters later. He says, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. Listen, we need to not be deceived because Jesus, last week we talked about this, that uh, he talked about in the last days many will be deceived. Many will come in my name saying I'm the Christ and will deceive many. And Paul writing to the church, he said, listen, he said, see to it that you don't, that you don't, he said, I don't care if, if even an angel of God, an angel come and preach another gospel. If it's different than the gospel that Jesus preached. If it's different than the gospel that the apostle Paul preached. Amen? He said, let him be accursed. That's pretty strong words. Amen? How are we going to know the difference? I'm so glad you asked 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. He's writing to the church, remember? This is, a, this is another epistle written to the church. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. He says, Study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. How many knows if you can rightly divide the word of truth, you can wrongly divide the word of, word of truth? And we've got to study to know the difference so we can see that there are some different Gospels that are being preached and we must not be bewitched. A couple of different Gospels that are in the church that are, that are really not the Gospel at all is, you know, let me share a couple of these. Because salvation is by grace, therefore it doesn't matter how you live. Everybody say that's another Gospel. We're not going to believe it. Because, see, anybody that said, well, salvation is a gift, it's about grace, so it really doesn't matter how you live, grace covers it all. Everybody said, uh-uh, that's not the gospel of my daddy. Amen? We're going we're to look into the Word to see how we are to live. We who have received so great a salvation. You know, if the Apostle Paul said, listen, I buffet my body, and I bring it into subjection. Lest after that I have preached the gospel to others, I myself might become a castaway. That means disqualified. Everybody say, salvation is by grace and it is a gift and I am to walk worthy of the calling that I have been called unto. Live according to the truth. We're going to see some things this morning, amen? Because, see, this is the only way we're going to have the power of God working in our lives. You know, that this, this other gospel, because salvation is by grace, therefore it doesn't matter how you live. I was a stupid heathen. I mean inoculated by everything under the sun, and I knew better than that. I'd come to church because... There is another gospel that said that is unconditional, eternal security of the believer. My Bible talks about different things than that. Everybody say the promises of God are conditional. Amen. I mean, because there's such. A, how many's ever heard this? This this another gospel. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how you live. You, if you've ever once upon a time ever, ever breathed a prayer to receive Jesus Christ, you are eternally sealed and can never lose your salvation. The Bible talks about something different than this. We're going we're, we're, we're we're to study some of these things. Now see, you cannot earn salvation. It's a gift. But shall we continue in sin so that grace may abound? God forbid. Amen? Because the wages of sin is death. But death does not mean just falling over and not breathing. That means separation. If we continue in sin, 
after that. I mean, listen, let me get back to my message. Because, listen, we have to know that there are other Gospels. And, boy, do they feel good. Man, they feel good. Can you reason them out? Oh, yeah, that's so wonderful. Praise the Lord. And, listen, we need to realize we, it's not about us earning salvation. Because the other end of the stick, because uh, let me, this is one of the Gospels, is because salvation is by grace, therefore it doesn't matter how you live. The other end of that Gospel is that uh, in order for you to be saved, you've got to do this, 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 and this. And if you don't do this, 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 and this, and do it this in this order, you're not saved. That's wrong, okay? Now, so what we need to understand is this. There are other Gospels. There is a a Gospel that is tried to be based upon your works, and that is not of God because we can't be good enough to be saved. Amen? Only Christ was good enough to purchase our salvation. Now that we are in Christ, we are able to do good works. The Bible says, for it is by grace that you are saved through faith and not of works, lest lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works that should follow us. Amen? Woo, I love you guys. And I'm so glad that you guys love the truth. Because there's a lot of people that don't love the truth. They'd rather you tell them a lie or sweeten it down, make them feel better. But that's not going to help you. It's not going to help me neither. Amen. We've got to walk in the truth. The truth is right in the middle. It is by grace that we are saved. And that is a gift because we have received so great a salvation we should walk worthy of our calling. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6 and verse 1. Praise the Lord. Romans chapter 6 and verse 1. He says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. Who is the understood subject? You. Everybody say you means me is the understood subject. Amen. Let you, let not, Sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body. Who has the choice to sin or not to sin? We do. We do. He says, let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lusts thereof. Neither yield ye your members or your body as instruments of unrighteousness. That means your mind as well, unto sin. But yield yourselves unto God, as those that are alive from the dead. Everybody say, I've been born again. I'm alive from the dead. <laughs> he said, as those that are alive from the dead and your members or, or your, your body as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin? See, because this message, this other gospel that's plaguing this planet is saying because you are under grace, it doesn't matter if you sin. Are you hearing me? He's very explanatory about this subject in this Bible. Amen? Bless God, we're not under the law, we're under grace. Glory to God, glory to God. We're under, yeah, because you're not under the law because you couldn't keep the law. You're under grace. Therefore, because you're under grace, you've got the power. Everybody say, we got the power. We got the power. (laughs) 
we have got the power to overcome sin. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. Everybody say, we can run sin out. And we can reign in life through one Jesus Christ. See, if we are ever going to do anything externally, we're going to have to begin it internally. If we're going to be a champion for this world, we're going to have to be a champion in this flesh. Amen? The weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. They're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds casting down imaginations, taking into captivity every thought, bringing it, what, thoughts, into submission. Listen, what we need to do, we've got to reign over our own mortal bodies. He said, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body because you're no longer under the law, you're under grace. Grace gives us the power because, see, if you don't know what grace is, grace is God's strength and God's power. This is not my subject this morning, but you're going to need to know this. See, the Apostle Paul, he said, I besought the Lord thrice in the King James three times over this thorn of the flesh. He said, I, he, he, he said, I, I, I besought the Lord thrice over this thorn in the flesh. And finally he said, my grace is sufficient for you. So some people leave it right there. He said, four. Everybody say four joins things together. See, four is a conjunctive word. It, it said four. He says, my grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. God's grace is His strength and His power to overcome our weakness. See, if we look at our problems and not at His grace, we're overcome by our problems. When we look at our temptations and not at His grace, we're overcome by our temptations. When we look at our situations and not His strength, we're overcome by our situations. What is the key to reign in life? What's the key to not get run over and let our flesh dominate our lives? The key is this, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. To overcome our financial needs, he says, remember the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he were rich, yet he became poor, so that we through his poverty might be made rich. Everybody say God's grace is his riches, is his strength, is his power, is his ability in me to do his will. Woo! Glory to That's the gospel, folks. That's the gospel. Amen? There's another gospel that says God knows. God knows you ain't but flesh. No. You have been born again. He said no longer do we judge any man according to the flesh. But as we are in Christ, we, judge, we, we look at every man after the Spirit. Amen? Glory to God. Glory to God. Because we have been made righteous. We have been made victorious. We have been made kings and priests unto our God. Amen? Therefore reign in life. And where do we start? We start with us. Everybody else likes to start. We always like to start with somebody else. We got to start with us. Amen? That's where everything begins right there. Whoo! Let me finish this. Where was I? For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Now do you understand what grace is? Amen. Grace is pulling God's power, His strength. No, because see, the law just showed us that we couldn't do it. The law, the book of Galatians, it says the law was a schoolmaster. Showing us 
that there was none righteous. In and of ourselves, we could do nothing. The law was a schoolmaster bringing us to Christ. And the Bible says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? Glory to God. Now see, that's, that's, the, that's the gospel of grace. Amen? Do you see a little difference in between? Oh, God's got that. Baby, I know. I know you've been sleeping around. I know you're doing drugs. I know you're cussing like a sailor. I know I I know I know you're beating your wife. I know you're doing it, but but listen, baby, it's okay. God's got it. That's not how many how many knows that that is something because they don't want they don't want to feel bad about those people and they want don't want those people to feel bad. How are you ever going to repent? If you think God thinks it's all right. How are you ever going to be restored without repentance? You're not. Mm. (laughs) Let's move, folks. He goes on to say, he says, what then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? Once again, God forbid. Did he say that just a minute ago? He said the same thing just a minute ago. Shall we continue in sin in verse 1, that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin? And then, he, and then this is in verse 12 down here. It, then it says, uh, okay, in verse 15 it says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should abate in the lusts thereof. Neither yield yourselves members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and member and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we continue shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey whether unto sin, unto death, or obedience unto righteousness. How many thinks that it, may, it does make a difference how we live? Yes, it does. The Bible's very clear on this subject. Galatians chapter 5. Now we're moving to our text. Amen. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. He says, I say then, walk in the Spirit... And you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, everybody say being led by the spirit is letting the Holy Spirit navigate your life. He said, but if you, are, if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. The, and it says, now the works of the flesh are evident. These are the works of the flesh. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, Envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Amen. And he goes on to say, And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, 
let us also walk in the Spirit. Amen? Today we're talking about the fourth fruit of the Spirit mentioned in Galatians chapter 5. We're talking about the subject of long-suffering. Long-suffering. See, the fruit of the Spirit is the fiber that true Christians are made of. Everybody say the fruit of the Spirit is what true Christians are made out of. And you know, when we walk in the Spirit, it flushes out the lust of the flesh. Amen? Glory to God. When we walk in the lust of our flesh, it flushes out the fruit of the Spirit. Do you see this? Whoever you yield yourself to, that's who, you, uh, who owns you. Amen? And so whenever we walk in the Spirit, we're subject to the law of God, to, 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 the, to the presence of God. And what does it do to, it, to our flesh? It weakens our flesh. It causes your spirit, man, to get stronger and stronger and your flesh to get weaker and weaker. Amen? And, and, and so as we, as we yield to these fruit, because what is long-suffering? Long-suffering, boy, I, this is a real clear definition, to suffer long. Everybody say long-suffering means suffering long. I mean, that's not a real popular gospel message, is it? <laughs> Christ wants you to learn how to suffer long. To suffer long, to gird up under pressure. Long-suffering means to gird up under pressure. Persecution, distress, and trouble. To remain steadfast, it means patience. Everybody say long-suffering is what we need in our lives to stay on course when we don't feel like it. <laughs> Amen. Glory. I mean, to, to stick to the course. I mean, whenever, whenever we don't feel like it, whenever it doesn't look like nothing's changing, glory to God, if it hair lips the devil, we're going to stay the course. Amen. Praise the Lord. If it kills me, all I'll do is graduate. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. But we'll find out it doesn't kill you. It blesses you. Amen. It lifts you. To suffer long, to gird up under pressure, persecution, distress, and trouble, to, to remain steadfast. You know, because Jesus, he talked about in the last days, he said there's going to be all the stuff we're seeing right now. All the stuff that we're seeing right he said see to it that you're not, that you're not, that you're not troubled. Amen? The way that you're going to not be troubled is by sowing to the Spirit and letting long-suffering take root in our hearts and in our lives. Amen? To stick to a package. I mean to stay with what God said. I don't, and, and just tell your flesh, this is your spirit, this is your spirit speaking. Sit down and put your seatbelt on. Amen? Sounds to me like, like just what we need to face the days we are in. Long-suffering is the fruit of the Spirit that demonstrates to the world that Christians don't change when they go through tribulation and trouble. Everybody say, long-suffering is the proof of the pudding that's in you. I mean, you know, maybe y'all ain't never heard that before, but the proof of the pudding's in the eating. Amen? So, okay, take two people. Put them both under pressure. Listen, if you don't have, last night, your good buddy Austin, Mr. Strongberg, he said whenever he's going through some of the toughest times in his life, I mean, he was being stretched beyond stretched capacity. He was in special forces training. He was in, I mean, they were putting him through so many things that, that basically, you know, Almost makes you crack. He, he said, whenever I was going through some, he sat there and told us last night, he said, whenever I was going through some of the toughest training, some of the toughest times in my life, he said, had I not had, Pastor Allen, what you placed in me as a teenager, the Word of God to withstand the pressures of this world, he said, I would have buckled. I would have broke. I would have cracked. I would have been a basket case, and I would have been conformed to something else, some other kind of image. Amen? Folks, if there's not something greater in you than what's coming at you, what's coming at you is going to overcome you. And it's going to conform you into its image. 
If we're going to be a champion, we're going to have to have something greater in us than what's coming at us. And the only thing that's greater is the Holy Ghost. Amen? Greater is He who is in you than He who is in the world. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And that's, and that's why we have to sow to the Spirit, yield to the Spirit, believe God, and desire earnestly the best gifts of the Spirit to be in operation at all times. When we go through tribulation and trouble in this world by faith and with courage, this shows the world that Christ is in us and it's greater than them. Amen? Some folks say, well, can we just not have to go through nothing? This side of heaven, you got, Jesus said, in this world, there will be tribulation. But be of good cheer, for I've overcome the world. Amen? And in me, this, the Bible says, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Amen? See, our faith is the victory that overcomes the world. We're gonna, but we have to stick with our faith to see us through. Amen? Let's look today at three functions the fruit of long-suffering gives us. Three functions the fruit of long-suffering does. Number one, it produces in endurance. The first function of the fruit of long-suffering, it produces endurance. The capacity to remain firm under suffering without yielding to anger, resentment, despair, or self-pity. Let me say this again. <laughs> the first function of the fruit of long-suffering is to produce endurance. The capacity to remain firm under suffering without yielding to anger, resentment, despair, or self-pity. Amen? That means not giving in to what your flesh is saying. Because your flesh wants to fix it. Amen? Your flesh wants to fly off the handle and take care of it. Amen? But long-suffering said, no, the only thing that's going to overcome this is my faith. And my faith works by love. And love is the fruit of the Spirit. And so, and so I'm not going to let this pressure conform me into its image. No, I'm just going to take this pressure and I'm going to utilize it, and I'm going to let it, I'm, I'm going to let it uh, filter through God's grace. And the things which have come against me are only going to rather work for me. I don't know how they do it, but I've, I've seen sailboats sail straight into the wind. How do they do that? They set the sails to use what's coming against them to work for them. Amen? But see, many have not been trained how to do these things. They think if something's ha if, if they're going through the fire, well, bless God, there must be sin in my life. There must be this. Because if, if I was right with God, these things wouldn't be happening. No, there is a devil. And he has an assignment for you to try to steal, kill, and destroy. That's why that we have to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Amen? And that's why that we have to endure hardness as good, as good soldiers. We have to realize, oh, oh, wait a minute. If this thing's coming at me, there's something it doesn't want me to get to behind there. And so what am I going to do? I'm on just going to keep on pressing forward. I mean, the Bible says that Jesus set his face like flint to do the will of God. Listen, a buffalo in a snowstorm do you think he turns his back? He got a 50-buck chest and a 10-cent rear. Right? Where's the buffalo's protection? Right up front. See, flint is buffalo. Anyway, he, Jesus set his, his face like flint towards Jerusalem. He wasn't going to let anything withstand him from pursuing and fulfilling the will of God for his life. The Apostle Paul did the same thing. I mean, devil tried to sink a ship, snake bit, stone, 
left for dead. I mean, all kind of stuff. But the Apostle Paul said, no, no, I got an assignment on my life. I've got an assignment on my, and I hadn't fulfilled it yet. Glory to God. I, the, the, the Lord, he's already told me the, what, what I'm supposed to do. And so I'm, a, I'm not going to quit till I'm finished. And then at the end of the Apostle Paul's life, he said, I have run my race. I have finished my course. Therefore, the crown of righteousness is there for me. And not for me only, but for all who love is appearing. Amen? What we need to do, we've got to set our face like Flint to do the will of God, not quit, not cave in under pressure. And it takes long suffering to be able to stand these pressures because they're real. Jesus knows how real these pressures are. Whenever he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, the Bible says he sweat as it were great drops of blood. There was such intense stress and pressure on our master that it broke the blood vessels under his skin. A doctor, I I read a report, this can actually happen. Whenever somebody's under such immense stress, their blood vessels can break and, and come out their pores. Jesus, he withstood all that pressure so that we, through him, Hear me now, so that we through Him can withstand all the pressures. If we rely on our own strength, we'll fall. But that's the grace of God we can tap into. That strength that's way beyond our strength. That power that's way beyond our power. That ability that's way beyond our ability. But see, we've got, we have to tap into Him in order to receive what he gives. It produces endurance. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. He says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Who are these witnesses? All the saints. I'm looking over here. <laughs> Luke and Andrew. Yo, yo, yo mama. <laughs> cheering, cheering you on. Amen. All those saints who went before us cheering us on get them boys get them girls amen go forward don't quit don't cave in glory to god your breakthrough is within amen Woo. glory to god keep pressing therefore we also since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses let us let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. See, long-suffering gives us, it produces endurance. The Christian life is not a, it's not a hundred-yard dash. It's a marathon race. And it must be run with endurance, overcoming the obstacle that this life throws at us. Amen. The Apostle Paul shows us what long-suffering is. Through his life and ministry. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 23. says, are they all ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I, I am more in labors, more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more, more frequently, in deaths often. We don't have that one. 2 Corinthians eleven twenty three. He says, in prisons more frequently, in deaths often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have spent in the deep. In journeys often in perils of waters, in perils of troubles. Perils means problems, situations, struggles. In perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and in toil, in sleeplessness, often in hunger and thirst, in fasting often, often in cold and in nakedness, besides the other things that comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. How many thinks it, it took a little bit of, of, of long-suffering for Paul to finish his race? 
An East Texas word for long-suffering uh, long is stick-to-itiveness. I'll never forget Pastor Jerry, Pastor Jerry Phelps, my first pastor I was able to work unto, under full-time. He said, Alan, he said, if you're ever going to make anything in the kingdom of God and ever do anything for God, he said, you're going to have to have the backbone of a saw log and the determination of a bulldog. You're like, huh? You're going to have to have the backbone of a saw log. Saw log is what you split all them other logs on. You're going to have to have some intestinal fortitude, a.k.a. guts. That's it. You're going to have to have some inner strength. If you go, How many knows it took more than just Paul's Damascus Road experience to carry him all the way to the end of his race? He had to, keep, he had to get up, keep moving. Shipwrecks. I mean, you know, <laughs> spending the night and the day in the deep, and fastings off and stonings and all kind. Listen, he got snake bit, shipwrecked, all kind of things. But what did he do? He said, uh, I don't care about all these things. I'm going to shake them off. Come on. I'm going to shake them off. I'm going to shake them off because I got a course to run. I got, I got a race to finish. Amen. I don't care. What am I going to do? I'm going to let them work for me. Those things that have come against me, I'm going to let them rather work for me to the furtherance of the gospel. Jesus told us that a, a, a servant is not above his master. Matthew chapter 10, verse 22. Matthew 10, 22. He says, and you will be hated by all for my name. This does not sound like some of the gospel that we're hearing these days. Everybody say the gospel of Jesus Christ is the gospel that he preached. He said, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake. Had the opportunity this week to minister to someone who was a professed atheist. And they, and, and the person just looked at me and just, after they got through, you know, uh, seemingly at the moment not receiving what I had what I had shared I just said you know I said listen I just want you I'm not taking this personal I love you I'm for you and, and, and I'm here I'm not going anywhere but I want to tell you this if you reject what I'm saying you're not rejecting me you're rejecting him who sent me yes. amen glory to God how many of those atheists can change yes. come on Come on, glory to God. Amen? Because, see, they're just one step away from eternal life through Jesus Christ. Amen? So listen, what we, if, if you, if somebody, because see, if somebody just looks at you wrong, you get your feelings hurt and you pout for three days. I'll go preach back here. We need to have a little bit of endurance. And did you notice I said, we. The Bible said they that preach the gospel must live by it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. Here's the kicker. But he who endures to the end will be saved. Would the work of salvation been finished if Jesus would have collapsed before the cross and and not took our sins, and not took our shame, and not, not took the turning away of God's head from Him? No. Everybody say He had to finish the work. He says, but he who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in this city, flee to another. For assuredly I'll say to you, you will have not gone through the cities of Israel before the Son of Man comes. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for a disciple to be like his teacher and a servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, the devil, how much more will they call those of the household? Therefore, do not fear them. 
For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. Glory to God. How many can take a little bit more? This is good stuff, isn't it? I tell you what, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. This is the Apostle Paul writing to his understudy Timothy. He said, I fought the good fight. He had the scars to prove it, folks. Amen? He said, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. Not to me only, but also to all who have loved His appearing. The Christian life's not like teeny league sports, folks. Everybody doesn't get a trophy. Huh? I don't know what we're doing to our kids. Everybody don't get a trophy. Well, if you got in the game, you get a trophy. No. In order to receive the prize, we, we have to finish the race. Everybody say, in order to receive the prize, we have to finish the race. He who endures to the end shall be saved. Amen? Everybody say, it's about endurance. Yeah, we've got to have some endurance. He said that you have need of endurance so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promises thereof. Let's look at John's Gospel, chapter 6. We'll begin there in verse 60. John 6, 60. Jesus speaking again. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they had heard this, uh, said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, does this offend you? Because he said, listen, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you don't have any part of me. And it offended them. They're like, ugh. He said, does this offend? And then he said to you, them, does this offend you? What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? In other words, if you see me in all my glory, you're going you're gonna to have to get past the way some things look. The Lord, one day in a vision, was it a vision or dream? She, she's not sure if it was a vision or dream. But all of a sudden, the Lord just revealed himself to Donna. And whenever he did, he was like, fire it was a vision like fire and there was a sword coming out of his mouth and she saw him in the power and his majesty and whenever she did she looked at him and she saw his eyes and he and what what was it that he said she said it was almost like he was a little embarrassed for her to see him that way and she, he said, do you still love me? Will you still love me? How many knows that we've got an almighty God, a powerful God? And see, the Bible says that the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. She was seeing in the Spirit. Amen. It's and his face is like a, a, a furnace and all this. And I mean just hair white. Listen. I want you to realize our God is an awesome God. Amen? And we need to not let anything He is or anything He does offend us. Amen? We need to stick with Him. If it's in His Word and if it's of His will, we'll, 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 we'll hang. He said, listen, He said, does this offend you? What then, shall you, what then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where He was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did, who did not believe and who would betray Him. And He said, Therefore, I have said to you that no one can come unto Me unless it has been granted to Him by My Father. From that time, many of his disciples, and this would be John chapter 6, verse 66. 
That's pretty ironic, isn't it? From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. They hit their choke point. They hit their choke point. They couldn't go forward with him. They got offended by him. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. Hebrews 10, 35. says, Do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back into um, to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Amen. This is good stuff. Everybody say, I'm not quitting. I'm winning. See, the only way to lose is to quit. Amen. We're hanging on. We're pressing on. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. So the first function of the fruit of, of long-suffering is to produce endurance. Number two, long-suffering also promotes unity. Everybody say long-suffering produces, uh, produces endurance and promotes unity. Promotes unity. See, God's plan is unity. The devil's plan is division. Long-suffering promotes unity. We're going to stick with the package till it's delivered. And we're going to pull together no matter what it takes. I tell you what, you want to know somebody who got some long-suffering in our congregation? It's that man sitting right back here. Glory to God, Brother David McFarland. I tell you, that, that man got some long-suffering. He's been up here willingly. Just about every day this week, working behind the scenes, having rough days at work, overcoming, I mean perils at work, perils at church, <laughs> perils at where, wherever, wherever, I mean, but listen, see, he's a champion. He's a champion. This ain't his first rodeo. Amen? He knows how to endure hardness. As a good soldier. Amen? That's, that's folks who are trustworthy. Those folks that cave in, I mean, you say one thing and they, they turn their back and walk out on you. They have no intestinal fortitude. They have no inner strength. They have no stick to it in this. Amen? You need somebody that you're going to be joined to that will go the distance with you. Amen? Mm. Praise the Lord. And I thank you for that, Brother David. Brother Tim, glory to God. Mike, all, y'all give him a great big hand. Thank you. Thank you. God's plan is unity. See, long-suffering, it promotes unity. The more our flesh is in control of our life, the more faults we'll find in others. I'm going to say that again. The more the flesh is in control of our lives, the more faults we'll find in others. Long-suffering promotes unity. Long-suffering long is pulling out the best. Amen? Not the worst. See, because I had long-suffering, at that time I had long-suffering, as I got to minister to that atheist, you know what? That person that professed atheism, because I had long-suffering right there, it promoted unity. I didn't say, well, forget you, you heathen. Go burn in hell. No. Long-suffering says, I love you. And I know what I'm telling you is the truth. And you, it's going to come open. And, and, and can I pray for you? And the lights are going to come open. Amen. Lights are going to come on. Windows are going to open. Amen. Things are going to change. Why? Because long-suffering promotes unity. Amen? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. See, the more I cultivate the fruit of the Spirit in my life, the more compassionate and patient I become with others. 
Everybody say, the more long-suffering that I cultivate in my life, the more compassionate and patient I'll be with others. You see, when I yield to my flesh nature, I'm impatient and find fault. How do you know if the fruit of the Spirit's operating in your life? Just take your own temperature. <laughs> Are you impatient and finding faults with others and just fed up with people about to hear? Long-suffering probably needs to be done again, okay? A refresher course. And uh, the result in not being patient, not being long-suffering, is division and strife and anger. When I yield to the fruit of the Spirit, I am patient and kind. This, re this results in releasing unity, love, and joy, enabling the anointing of God to be released in and through me. The more faults I find in others indicates the less fruit of God's Spirit I'll find in me. Whew. Praise the Lord. Let's give, I'm going to give you the third function of the fruit of, uh, fruit of long-suffering. The third function of the fruit of long-suffering is to enable believers to obtain the promises contained in the Word of God. The third fruit of long-suffering is to enable believers to obtain the promises contained in the Word of God. Just because you confessed it and said it and received it doesn't mean it's in your, it's in your happy meal you taking home and eating on this evening. Let me explain. Look with me in, your, in the God's Word. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 11. Because, see, some people, well, it must have not worked. I tried that and it didn't work. How many ever heard that? Well, I prayed and it didn't work. Oh, you stood for what, three minutes? Because, see, faith is not moved by what it sees. Faith is only moved by what God says. That's how that some of the heroes in the, in, the, in the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11 made it. Because some of them died in faith. Everybody say faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. See, whether you see it this side of heaven or not, whether you have it, here and experience it here or you die in faith guess what you're pleasing to your father and your faith echoes long after you're gone Woo! glory to God glory to God listen the, the only reason that I'm here today is because my mama was not moved by what she saw she was not moved by what she heard. She was not moved by what she felt. She was moved by what God said. Both her and all of her house shall be saved. And guess what? Her and all of her house are saved. Amen? But there was a season. Everybody say you have need of endurance. See, you're going to have to stick with some stuff till you see things change. Some of us are right in the middle of stuff right now. Amen? And we... <laughs> We're staying in faith. We're staying in faith. We're staying in faith. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 11. He said, and we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until when? Until the end. That you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises for God had for when God had made a promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater he swore by himself saying surely blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply you and after he had patiently endured 25 years he obtained the promise Abraham is the father of faith. Amen. If you be Christ's, then are you Abraham's seed and Abraham who is the father of us all who are in faith. Amen.
I think God's trying to help us. Y'all think he's trying to help us? Because, see, the only way those three Hebrew children went through that fiery furnace was because they knew their God. And they were not moved by what they felt. All we know is that Jesus prophesied that there's going to be some stupid stuff happen here on earth before he comes back. And you know what we're going to have to do? We're going to have to stay in faith. And faith causes you to rise above what we see, what we feel. And see, faith releases the hand of God to work on our behalf. Faith is what overcomes what's going on in the world. Amen? And so, in order for us to obtain the precious promises that God has given to us, we have need of endurance. Amen? Some people, I tell you, I thank God. I thank God for you. I guess that you wouldn't be around here very long if you weren't the way that, way that you are. Let me explain. You wouldn't be in this church if you couldn't endure some hardness. Just the mere fact of setting up and taking down every week. Just the mere fact of having to listen to these hard things that I say every week. Amen? But God says, listen, if we don't, if, if we just put balloons in our weights, who are we fooling? Ourselves. We're going to have to push something so that we'll have some strength to push the stuff that's coming at us and not be overcome by it. Amen? Because God, God's got ways. He's got means. But they're not according to this world system. They're according to His system. Amen? And that's why He's teaching us this fruit of the Spirit. Long-suffering. And so let's practice that this week, okay? And, and, and some of the ways that you're going to cultivate long-suffering this week is by keeping the Word of God. Everybody say keeping the Word of God. I mean, whenever you get a word from God, whatever it is, that all of your children shall be saved. Or whatever the call, or, or by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. My God shall supply all of your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. In blessing, I'll bless you. In multiplying, I'll multiply you. I'll make your name great. You'll be blessed coming in, blessed going out. You'll be the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. Whatever you put your hands to prospers. You hold fast that word of faith. Amen? That's able to save your soul. It's able to change. But see, it doesn't matter if I make it across the goal line. Whenever I I was short, fat, and hard to get at. Boy, I'd play fullback, and I just had too much fun. But anyway, <laughs> if I didn't hold that ball across the goal line, I did not make the touchdown. Everybody say, I've got to keep the word in my heart, in my mouth, operating in my life until I cross the finish line. Glory to God. Y'all come on right up here. Get in this front row. Praise the Lord. Y'all give our champions a great big hand. Come on. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Go ahead, Tori. I love you, man. Blessings, Jeremiah. Come on, Dean. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. See, we're gonna, everybody said we're going to hold on to this word and not let go of it until we see. The promise of what God said come to pass in my life in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Number two, real glory to God. Hallelujah. The second way we're going to cultivate God's Word in our hearts and in our life is by experiencing tribulation. Everybody say, in order for the meal to get cooked, the fire's got to be on. Huh? The fire's got to, and so the way that you the way that you are going to cultivate long suffering, glory to God, Miss Rachel, you cultivated some long suffering this week, didn't you, girl? Come on out there in the heat, sweeping, glory to God, blessing, doing doing everything for Jesus, right? Glory to God, glory to God. And listen, we the way that we're going to cultivate long suffering is 
by experiencing tribulation. Romans chapter 5 and verse 3. Romans 5, 3 says, And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produce perseverance. Everybody say tribulations produce long-suffering, perseverance. I'm, I'm going to share uh, James chapter 1 and verse 2. It says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience or long-suffering have its perfect work in you that you may be perfect or mature, complete, lacking nothing. Everybody said we're going to let the long-suffering of our Lord be in us. We're going to keep the Word of God. We're going to endure tribulations. And the third way that you're going to cultivate the fruit of long-suffering this week, everybody say, I'm going to maintain my hope. Maintain your hope. Romans chapter 8 and verse 24. It says, for we, are, for we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Long-suffering. Amen. Hope even when we see no change. Hope even in a time of great trial. Our hope is in our God, not in our circumstances. We must maintain our hope in others. We must hold on to hope even when it seems there is no hope.